When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we could do some of these. These are fun. For Obi-Wan, if he had never seen Maul again... We'll start with this and we'll do some other stuff. He would have been fine with that. Defending his master. His master died. And Obi-Wan destroyed this Sith Lord. Traumatic experience for him. For Maul, it forges a deep hatred and need for revenge, which sustains his kind of miserable existence for a while. There, there was a plan laid out for him. He was going to be one of the main players in the Clone Wars working under his master. And all of that was derailed in that fight on Naboo with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. The revenge drives him towards this conflict with Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. He tries to punish Obi-Wan by killing someone that Obi-Wan loves, and he wants to drive Obi-Wan mad like he was. He wants to see that Obi-Wan would go the same path that he did. We knew that there was a story between Obi-Wan and Maul that wanted some resolution, and that felt right for this show to tackle. The Sith took everything from me. Once I had power, no, I have nothing. Nothing. He was consumed with this idea of not only revenge, but making sense of what happened to him and who he is and what his purpose is. Darth Maul lives. Formerly Darth. Now just Maul. When you bring a character back, you have to have some intention about what you plan to do with them. And I think as we started to whittle away at what this story was going to be for Maul, it became very See clear that one of the things driving him would be this quest back to Obi-Wan. I would love to see those storyboards, concept arts, whatever they had in this book right here. I don't know, like, is anyone else super, I guess, yeah, because of the views of those videos, but I'm just so interested in the behind the scenes stuff, like the stuff that could have been, or really the process that undertook, that, that, that the process that came to turn out to be what the final product was. I'm really obsessed with that. Like, I just, I, it's really interesting. The way at what this like story it. was going to be for Maul, it became very clear that one of the things driving him would be this quest back to Obi-Wan. I see him. And if I could finally destroy him, is that where everything went wrong? Is that where I can get back on my path? It was the first and only time that we were going to see Obi-Wan Kenobi a couple of years before episode four. We'd find a way to sort of match the younger Obi-Wan that we established in season one, introduce enough of the aspects of Alec Guinness's performance from episode four, and back away from it just enough that we were maybe two years before those events. And in a lot of ways, that's been the sort of fun of Rebels. Can we find a way to have the audience believe that what they're seeing now will lead you to the Obi-Wan that you see when he meets Luke out in the desert? Maul is an old adversary, and a persistent one at that. Whenever you're doing those kinds of uh, 
legacy voice hey. matches. You know, there's a lot on the line because everybody knows what that person Steven looks Stanton. like and sounds like. Well, you know, he was it. one of the nicest guys that I enjoyed. I mean, they were all nice, but he was really, definitely one of the nicest dudes. He sent me like two beautiful laminated, actually, well, really four laminated autographs. Survive as long as I have by being foolish. And as soon as he did the first line, Dave turned around and just looked at me, and we were like, holy smokes. He was able to bring that weight of Alec Guinness's character into Obi-Wan. It was a really incredible moment. You heard him and you thought, this is really bringing the episode to life. If you define yourself by your power to take life, a desire to dominate, to possess, then you have nothing. Play with the attitude you have. I like the attitude of it all. Okay, all right. In my mind's eye, <laughs> Kenobi. Kenobi! <laughs> when he discovers Obi-Wan is alive, that's a good day. Nope. He's caught in this endless cycle, and he is desperate for some form of resolution. <sighs> Look what has become of you. A rat in the desert. Look what I have risen above. This encounter between Maul and Obi-Wan really is about where these two characters had come in the 15 years since the Clone Wars. Obi-Wan has survived tremendous loss and continued to be incredibly disciplined in the ways of the Jedi. And in the end, when he sees Maul, he sees somebody that he pities. When Maul kicks out and turns off the fire, he has told the audience there's no safety. You all of a sudden feel the vastness of where they are. When it came to Maul and Obi-Wan, the fight that leapt to my mind was Kuzo fighting the other man in the field in, in the film Seven Samurai. Mm. It's the very still movements of the samurai who's moving with intention and grace. It's contrasted versus the anger in the one man. And that guy's moving his feet a lot and he's, you know, he doesn't have a steady position. And I'm like, well, there you have it. I mean, Obi-Wan has intention. He is calm in this moment. He is centered. Maul is on the edge. Maul is angry. Maul is getting ready. We, we see this perfectly in The Phantom Menace when Maul is pacing and Qui-Gon Jinn is just sitting there meditating. I, I, I don't think there's a better representation of the differences and the stark contrast between the Sith and the Jedi uh, than in that moment right there. I want to kill you. I've been waiting for this. You know, he's all this energy built up. It's much more about footwork and the thought. Uh, there was this story that my dad so my dad taught Aikido uh, when I was you know, he learned from the masters he learned from Toy Sensei uh, Ushiba Sensei uh, he, he went to Japan he anyways he opened up a dojo when I was younger and um, I remember he was telling the story about Miyamoto Musashi and some other dude and anyways they were samurai and, and they wanted to kill each other and they had set a date and time to kill each other like high noon kind of thing um, for the Wild West. And so what Miyamoto Musashi did, he just literally didn't show up <laughs> for like hours on end and made the other guy feel so unbelievably frustrated and disrespected while he's waiting. And everyone, you know, is waiting to watch apparently or something like that. But uh, he was just, you know, he was he was cleaning his sword. He was taking his time in his place. Then he got on his boat. And he got over to the destination. And by the time he got there, it was like four, five, six hours later. And he did this on purpose to throw the other guy off and make him anxious and angry and just pacing. 
And by the time he got there, the guy was so out of his center and out of alignment, that, that out of his balance, that Miyamoto Musashi just completely diced him in like a second. You just throw the opponent off. Process that Obi-Wan has. It starts out as young Obi-Wan, and then we shift him to sort of more what Alec would do when he was fighting. And then the very last one, if you look back at A Phantom Menace and you can see what Qui-Gon's doing, we sort of just move him just a little bit yeah. right after Maul changes his. It's kind of a game within a game almost. Yeah, it's cool, man. I remember when Sam Witwer explained that to me. Originally, the, uh, I had it where game Maul arc. came in and it was one strike. But for Maul's style, which is very fast, I thought, well, it doesn't feel like Maul with one strike. I need like one, two, three. And I thought, well, one, two, three, the third move should be the move that he gets Qui-Gon with, which is a block, block, and then up. You know, he uses the, the blunt part of his lightsaber to hit Qui-Gon in the face and stun him. No! But Obi-Wan saw that. Obi-Wan was there. And Obi-Wan in that moment is ready for that. And he sees the symmetry of the moment, and he's able to slice that. The apprentice learned from the master's mistake all these years later and maul never learned maul understands Beautiful. oh immediately i've misread this this is not some sad desert hermit this is a jedi master who's on active duty and if he's this good yeah then this must be the most important guard post in the entire galaxy reading that script the first time it was so powerful and you can see the look of pity in ben kenobi's eyes Tell me, is he the Chosen One? He is. That's what Obi-Wan has to believe to stay out there in the desert for over 20 years. That part always confused me because, I mean, not sure why Dave would say that because, you know, Chosen One is reserved for just Anakin, so we don't even want to, like, misconstrue that with anyone else. But I guess in Maul's point of view, he doesn't know really who the Chosen One is, and so now he thinks that this is the one that will save them but at the end of the day george always said luke didn't save anything he was just the catalyst to anakin doing what he needed to do so i i don't know i always found that thought-provoking watching this kid obi-wan says to anakin you were the chosen one you were it was said that you would destroy this and not join them and according to obi-wan and wait, wait wait is he actually answering what i just what? Hold on. Obi-Wan has to believe to stay out there in the desert for over 20 years watching this kid. Obi-Wan says to Anakin, you were the chosen one. You were. It was said that you would destroy this and not join them. And according to Obi-Wan in Empire Strikes Back. That boy is our last hope. He believes on some degree that perhaps Anakin's offspring, who would be a threat to the Emperor, mm. is the chosen one. Mm. Lots going on there, but the debate is fine. The debate of who is the chosen one. I mean, it's there. I mean, George has said it's Anakin. Wow. Cool. Wow. Okay, so like in our minds, the chosen one is Anakin. Okay. But then in the mind of Obi-Wan, it changes. Interesting. So in George's mind, the chosen one is always Anakin. But in Obi-Wan's, he shifts it to, wow. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. But I don't know how much foresight Obi-Wan has into Anakin being able to turn. As far as Obi-Wan has come, he's still 
doesn't quite know how this hold on let me get a listen to that again but i don't know how much force i lost hope he believes on some degree that perhaps anakin's offspring who would be a threat to the emperor is the chosen one lots going on there but the debate is fine the debate of who is the chosen one i mean it's there i mean george has said it's anakin but I don't know how much foresight Obi-Wan has into Anakin being able to turn. As far as Obi-Wan has come, he's still- Wait, what? Obi-Wan has no foresight? It's there. I mean, George has said it's Anakin. Obi-Wan has into Anakin being able to- But I don't know how much foresight Obi-Wan has into Anakin being able to turn. Got it. So Obi-Wan has no- No more, uh, no more hope, really, um, that Anakin could turn. As far as Obi-Wan has come, he's still- doesn't quite know how this is going to play out, which is shown in that last frame when Obi-Wan sees young Luke. He has a look on his face that goes, oh boy, this is either going to go really well or really badly. Luke! But you have to remember, like, you have to write Obi-Wan the character, not what we know as the audience. We all know it's Anakin. This is why Dave is literally the dude to continue Star Wars. Literally, like, in live time, I'm asking questions, and I'm like, why wouldn't they? And he's already, just, like, four or five steps ahead. It's ten steps ahead. This is why I always laugh when people doubt Dave Filoni, and it's like, dude, you, he is literally, like, if George Lucas is Anakin, he is literally Luke. But, like, it's, sometimes I get so wrapped up in, the, in, in, like, what would George say that you don't, like, think? What would the characters actually think, right? So it's like, you, you kind of have to, when you're telling a story, it's, it's okay not what we know as the audience. We all know it's Anakin. Does Obi-Wan know? I could ask George. <laughs> Dude, cool, okay. Nice. Nice. I love that. I don't think I ever watched that before. 